even like you're saying, plan. If you don't plan that, like Sean just said, then it takes it back to what he told you in the beginning, which was if you're not planning to monetize first, you will never monetize. Go through the series again. Feel that you have the abilities and the knowledge now that you can download it into your brain from these do-it-yourself trainings, but understand you don't need to go it alone. And we're here to make it happen with you together. Anyone that's done a lot of really amazing things, generally speaking, they're not doing it all by themselves. They need the help. And it pays to have the right talent and help on the team, which is why it would be a very wonderful and wise investment if you'd like to work with Sean and myself. Sign up today at createlaunchmonetize.com forward slash go. Welcome to Life Transformation Radio. This show is all about life transformations and our journey from where we were to why we are doing what we are doing today. We will discuss the hiccups, the roller coasters, and the blood, sweat, and tears that has been poured out while discovering our purpose. It is all about our transformation. Here is your host, Sean Douglas. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to another episode of Life Transformation Radio. I am your host, Master Resilience Implementer, TEDx Speaker, Business Positioning Strategist, and International Best-Selling Author, Sean Douglas. This show is currently heard in over 90 countries. So whether it's your first time joining us or you've been listening to us for some time, I want to thank you to those who are listening from around the world. Life Transformation Radio is all about our transformation. Here, we tell the stories of why we're doing what we're doing, highlighting that transformational moment that changed our lives, and how we use it to then transform others and elevate their lives as well. Listen to us live right here on the Blog Talk Radio Network, Tuesday through Friday, 5.30 p.m. Eastern Time. You can also join our Facebook group, Life Transformation Radio Community, and never miss an episode by subscribing to your favorite podcast platform. Life Transformation Radio is available on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spreaker, Spotify, Radio Public, Overcast, CastBox, Google Podcasts, Pandora, and you can subscribe to our YouTube channel at Life Transformation Radio. On the show, my guests are entrepreneurs, speakers, business owners, coaches, podcasters, authors, amazing people who are impacting everyone around them. And my guest today does just that. If you have any questions for any of the guests that I bring on the show during our live broadcast, Tuesday through Friday, 5.30 p.m. Eastern Time, go ahead and give us a call at 657-383-1109. Again, the number is 657-383-1109. My team is standing by to field any and all of your questions. And with that, please help me welcome to the show my good friend, Sean Lowry. My brother, welcome to Life Transformation Radio. Hey, what's going on, man? I'm so glad to be here. <laughs> Happy uh, to have you, man. How you? We've been talking for quite some time. I I love the videos that you put out. You are uh, a master motivator, influencer uh, of like a whole nother kind, man. The way that you, you put those videos out on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. I mean, you're just, you're everywhere, man. And your videos 
they're not a bunch of hoorah-rah, fluff-fluff, right, like motivation stuff. It's like, dude, this is the point. This is what we're doing. This is how you got to do it. This is that. Boom, boom, in and out. So it's not a lot of wasted time where the videos that I see sometimes from these influencers of sorts, they're like, come on, man, you can do it. Like, I mean, you're like, dude, listen, I know what you're going through. Like, it's almost <laughs> like you have the empathy behind it, that push behind it. And it's not empty when you're watching the video. That's, that's right, man. First, thank you, man, so much. Uh, it means a lot to me to, to hear your opinion. And, um, you know, I just, I just put it out there, man. I'm just, like you said, the empathy. Um, I, I know what it's like. I, I know the struggle. And I just, I just want to be real with people, man. And that, that was always my mission from the beginning. Just if I was going to make a video, if I was going to talk about something, I was going to talk about something that I've been experienced with something that I've actually been through. And so that's just what I do, man. I just, I, I try to be late with as many people as possible. And, and by doing, by, by being real and by being, you know, empathy and, and sympathetic and everything. So yeah, man, that's just something I love to do. And I, I love the fact that I've reached out to so many people and I, I get a tremendous amount of uh, feedback from it as well. So definitely, yeah, something yeah, I love, definitely man. get a lot of comments. People definitely, yeah put a lot of love out there for you, man, on all your videos and they get behind you. So I'm super pumped, man, to talk about that and a whole host of other topics today. The title of this episode is The Veteran Life with U.S. Army Veteran and Mindset Consultant, Sean Laurie. He is Sean Laurie, a.k.a. The Veteran Guy, who is, an, who is a U.S. Army combat veteran who's completed two tours to Afghanistan in 07 to 08 and 2010 to 2011. He served nine years with the South Carolina National Guard, five of those, five, five years on active duty. Sean was injured in Afghanistan on his second tour and sent to Fort Gordon, Georgia, where he spent two years with the Wounded Transition Unit for his ACL reconstructive surgery. Sean was diagnosed with PTSD, major depression, and severe anxiety, and was then retired from the Army in 2012. He has struggled with opioid and benzodiazepine addiction for nine years. After many years of battling with his own demons and suicidal thoughts, Sean lost his best friend from Fort Gordon to suicide in 2016 and then decided to make necessary life changes. He checked himself into a detox center and graduated six months later from an intensive outpatient rehab center. Sean became the founder of the outreach support group VetLife for Life, partnered with the nonprofit organization Veterans with Hope. He is the owner of his personal clothing brand, Sean the Veteran Guy, and he's authored his first workbook, Veteran Mindset 2.0. He's known as a mindset influencer and consultant, reaching out through social media platforms, helping others with personal development. Sean shares his powerful story and his message of no matter what you struggle with, you can overcome it. As an inspirational speaker at his events and veteran events that he's hired to speak at, his new mission as a veteran activist raises awareness for veteran suicide, mental health, and addiction, using his own experiences and his knowledge to show others that our mental health does not define who we are. His favorite quote that he lives by every day is, don't just talk about it, be about it. And together is better. You can learn more about Sean 
the veteran guy at Sean the veteran guy dot net. Sean is spelled S H A W N. And his Facebook link is right there in the show notes. Life purpose specialist. You can go ahead and copy that link, paste it into the interwebs and look him up on Facebook. He also has a YouTube channel that he'll talk about later on. Send him a friend request. Follow him on social media, letting him know that you listened to this episode of Life Transformation Radio. Sean, the first question that I have to ask, and I believe is the most important question you could ever be asked, is why? Why do you do what you do? Oh, man. That is the most important question. (laughs) Um, For me, Sean, is like I said, I, I struggled for so long after I got out of the military, like the whole time I was in the military, you know, I I thought I had my purpose. I had my passion. This is what I want to do. You know, I was working towards my third tour. Um, This is what I was going to be. You know, you know, the term lifer, that's what I was going to be. And then when I got forced out of the military, my life just went down in the drains. I I had no idea that I didn't know what I wanted to do. I, I felt like I was just lost. I felt like I had no other opportunities to do anything. And, um, because of the surgery, I was, hooked on opiates and uh, the doctors were giving us, you know, medication. And I was just constantly taking medication to make myself feel right. Uh, Went from taking pain medicine to help me with the pain to making me feel normal. And so not knowing about addiction very well, I should have, my mother, you know, on another story, she struggled with addiction with alcohol. So it definitely runs in the blood, but you know, I had no idea about addiction really. I got hooked on it. I just I got out of the military. I continued to, to struggle with the addiction. I watched my family suffer because of my pain, because of the things that I've done. Um, you know, it just went on forever. I was miserable. Um, 2016, I lost my best friend to suicide. And the scariest part about that was because I wanted I was going down that same path that he was going on. We thought the same way. We talked all the time. You know, we, we were on the same path, and there was many a days that I just wanted to end it all because I, just, I was just tired of living the way I was living, and I just didn't know I could change. I didn't have that mindset. I wasn't, I wasn't where I wanted to be, so I felt like the easiest way out was just to, just to quit, just to give up, and, and my family would be better. And so, you know, as time went on and I decided to make changes, I realized something. That my mental health, that that the way my diagnosis doesn't define who I am. Just because I struggle with depression, just because I struggle with anxiety, just because I've seen the things that I've seen doesn't mean I have to be that person. I don't have to live that way. And so when I finally made change, when I finally got clean off the drugs, I realized something. Wow, I can do this. (laughs) It was it was really an eye opener. I was like, man, I can do this. And I guarantee you, there's so many other veterans that can do this too. And the people that I was meeting, even through rehab and different detox and stuff like that, you know, they said the same story. They never thought they would be able to do it, but they did. And so that was my mission. I was like, you know, if I could just get veterans to understand that if they just put 100% in, really believe in themselves, and really go for it, that they can make changes in their life. And so that was why. That's my why. I want to see other veterans make a change in their life because I want to see veterans stop taking their life. I want to see everybody stop taking their life, but my mission is veterans. And so when I started realizing that we were losing 22 veterans every day, plus actually it's more than that, you know, because you got to think about the veterans that aren't registered with the VA and all that other stuff. But 
I just got tired of seeing family members hurt. I got tired of talking to mothers that were losing their children to suicide and, and, and knowing the pain. And after talking to my best friend's daughter, you know, the pain that she's been through because her father took his, took his own life. I said, you know what? I could just, maybe I could make a difference. Maybe if I just make a video, maybe if I just tell people my story, you know, maybe somebody will listen. And they did. People started listening. People started following me. I've, I've gained hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of messages from people that said, hey, Sean, your video changed my life today. Sean, if I wouldn't have watched your video today, I was going to take my own life. And then that was the motivation to keep me going. And so my why is because I want to make a difference in people's lives. I want to show people that their mental health, their addiction, whatever they've been through doesn't define who they are as a person. And so that's my mission is to show people if you want it, you got to go get it. There's nothing out here in this world that's going to stop you. The only person that can stop you from reaching your goals is you, is yourself. And so that's, that's, that's my why. I, I want to help change people's lives, and I want to show them that whatever they're going through, whatever they've been through, they can, be, they can get through it. Dude, I love it, man. We share a lot of things in common. We yeah, were both we in the military. Yeah, such good friends, man. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? We're both in the military at the same time. I mean, I, I joined in 2001. Uh, I went active duty Air Force, but I was there in 2003 on my first deployment to the Middle East, and we were in Iraq. We were there in uh, Kirkuk, busy liberating a country, and the things that we saw, man, a lot of people didn't come back the same. A lot of people. I came back, even now, uh, I, I, I came back jumpy. You know, you get that, you hear yeah. that, that car backfire or a balloon pop and you just like your heart sinks and you, you instantly are, are transformed into a hyper vigilant person. Like you instantly like look around and, and I never believed it. Like the whole PTSD, like, Oh, whatever. Like you're in some rough mm-hmm. stuff, you know, but as you go through these deployments, it's like, I can distinctly remember I was at a church and uh and i've i carry as as any veteran should but i could still carry and and i was just i was in a church and we were at some bazaar or whatever the christmas craft you know whatever anytime this lady got a sale yep yep anytime this lady got a sale she'd pop a balloon every time and i heard the pops was like what is that like it's i don't even know what that is and you don't think about it when it's like far away so we come up into the place where this lady was and my back is turned and I'm talking to this person about something I wanted to get, whatever. And I hear the pop right behind me and instantly whip around hand on the weapon, ready to draw. And I'm looking and my wife stands in front of me. She's like, Hey, Hey, you're fine. You're fine. And she sees me like, like I am like visibly shaking my hand, like shaking on my weapon. I'm like, like looking around, looking around. And she's like, no, you're fine. Listen, listen, you're fine. And the guy that was standing there, he's like, Hey, stop with the balloons. He's a veteran. Stop it. And he like, was yelling at her. She's like, I'm so sorry. I'm like, it's fine. And I'm like, I'm like instantly transformed into who's that? Who's it? Who's the threat? Where are they? Who do I need to safeguard? Like, I mean, you instantly get thrusted into action. And and I don't think that's ever going to go away. I don't think it's ever going to go away, but w- when you see things, when you hear things, it becomes that that muscle memory, and you can call it PTSD, call it you know that reflex, whatever. But I, I mean, I don't think it's 
going to go away, but I've learned to kind of identify it through the whole career. I, I look back, I'm just amazed at, at how, as a person, mentally, I've been transformed by what I've done and what I've seen and what I've saw. You know? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Man, and I'm going to tell you just to reiterate a little bit, you know, that, that's one of the biggest signs, man, is the jumpiness, is the nervousness, is, is constantly looking behind you. You know, go to a restaurant. I bet you I can guess that you go to a restaurant with your family and you're going to find the, 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 the corner or you're going to find it where your back is against the wall and you've got to see what's in front of you. You don't like, you don't like being able to see. Yeah. You don't like seeing you, – you, you need to see what's in front of you, and, and that's normal. Yep. You know, that's normal. The, the, one of the biggest problems is, man, is that – you know, a lot of these veterans come back, and they and just like you said at the beginning, you, you didn't really believe in it. You didn't really think that stuff was true. Why? Because that was a stigma. You know, we believe that you're weak or, or you know, if you have these issues, there's something wrong with you or, or whatever. But it's, it, it's the truth, man. People struggle, man. We struggle all the time with the loud noises and the, and the banging. And let me tell you a story. When I first got – when I got back my second tour – you know, I don't know if you ever heard of uh, route clearance, but that's what I used to do in the army mm-hmm. on my second tour, and that yep. was basically, you know, yep, ba- looking for IEDs, and and so we did a lot man. of them. We found a lot of them. Yeah, man, just like it. And so I've had my fair share of explosions and and stuff like that. And when I came back, um, well, you probably are familiar with uh, Columbia, right? Columbia, South Carolina, where Fort Jackson's at. Yep. Um, yep. Yeah. I spoke there. Well, once. they used to have these. They used to have these big old metal plates in the middle of the road. I don't know what they were for, but there's there's just these huge metal plates. And I can remember uh, a time I was driving through a Columbia. I was probably about three weeks home, and um, I hit one of those metal plates, and it, and it had one of the biggest, loudest bangs I've ever heard. I literally almost killed my entire family because I had freaked out, and my wife was just like yours, man. She was trying to calm me down. She's like, Sean, it's okay. It's okay. Relax. You know, just keep driving. You're good. You know, it, it just sounds and the noises, it just – it triggers mm-hmm. us, man. It, it brings back subconsciously mm-hmm. in our mind of something that we might have seen or something that we heard. And it's like if you hear loud noise, the first thing we want to do is get down, get out of, get out of danger, find out what's going on. And that's what's part of, you know, part of PTSD, you know. And so, yeah, I know what you're talking about when it comes to there, man. I definitely relate, you know, being real jumpy, always looking behind me. Uh, those are some of the first signs that I realized that there was something wrong. Um, I want to tell you the story real quick. Also, when I was in Afghanistan after the second time and I actually got injured, I was on base for a while, and uh, they sent me to Qatar. Did you ever go to Qatar in your time? It's a beautiful area. Yeah, we were uh, – Oh, well, <laughs> okay. So now it is. We stopped over there in 2003, and uh, – oh, oh, yeah. Man. <laughs> it was uh, – so, so, so Al so Udeed – and UAE were like the stopovers and they kind of still are, but like LUD and UAE, like those are the stopovers for wherever you're going. they're like the central hubs. Everything goes into those yeah. two places and then gets distributed throughout the military bases, army, air force, all that. So yeah, man, I, I've had my fair share of, of, <laughs> of ins and outs, you know, sitting over there for sure. Well, well, I got to Qatar, and uh, this was in 2011, so obviously, you know, many years have gone by, and they got a swimming pool, they got a stage for people, Beautiful you know, to get to three <laughs> beers a day. Really nice, man. Yep. You feel like you're in heaven Super from nice. Afghanistan to there. And uh, <laughs> so I'm there to get an MRI and, and get, you know, do all the medical stuff and find out what's going on with my leg. And uh, while I'm there, dude, the first 
day that I get there, you know, you already have no weapon. They take your weapon from you. I get there, yep. and I'm just, like, feeling so strange. I'm sitting around talking to other guys, and I'm like, dude, I don't know what's wrong with me right now. There's something wrong. Like, like we know we're in a calm place now, but your brain is still at 100 miles per hour, and it feels like you're on constant yep. alert. And so I'm looking for my weapon. I'm constantly on the go, but, but I'm actually in an area that's very safe. So it's just it, mm-hmm. it, it, that was one of the first things I've noticed that I was just like, wow, something is not right here. I don't know why I'm feeling this way, and but yeah, that just reminded me of that story. I was just, yeah, it was a terrible, terrible time. <laughs> but oh know, yeah, back to Afghanistan and, and finishing out a little bit. And then you know, of course, as you said, uh, as you read, I got sent to Fort Gordon and it went from there. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I was in uh, I was in Bagram in 2008, and that oh, messed yeah. me up, man. You know, they always talk about, like, oh, the chair force, oh, the Air Force, man, you guys' deployments are to the Four Seasons, you know, to Marriott's, you know, that's your deployment, you know, <laughs> and it's just, it's, and, and yeah. most of it comes from, like, the older heads, you know, the guys who have been oh, retired yeah. Oh, yeah. for 15, 20 years, you know, like, oh, I was a Marine in Nam, you know, it's not the case anymore. Oh, yeah. I mean, literally, no, I joined no, in man. 01 right after 9-11, and I was deployed to Iraq. First time they're like, "Well, you'd never leave the base." It doesn't matter, man. We're getting we're getting mortared getting in Afghanistan. I remember <laughs> we're getting mortared, and it wasn't like, "Oh, yeah. there's explosions a couple miles away." Like they are literally mortars dropping onto the base and constant sirens. Mm-hmm. I remember one time the Air Force is all about like chem gear and you know uh, just rapid rapid force and stuff like that. So they said, oh, yeah, you should be good. You know, you don't really need it. Just leave your, leave your chem gear in the tent. And I remember one time, man, we're sitting on the flight line, and we're, we're fixing some jets. We had F-15s over there. We're fixing some jets, and the siren goes off. Mm. Three to five-minute wavering tone, sign, sirens going off, alarm red, mop four, alarm red, mop four. We're like, it's in the tent. You told us not to bring it. <laughs> like, what the hell? And we're like yelling, we're like, we don't have gear. You told us to leave it in the tent. Like run across the flight line because we have no gear. We run across the flight line, dive into this tent. The l- alarms are going off. So we're trying to mop up yeah. like, you know, as fast as we can. Don't know what the heck is going on. And like 20 minutes later, they're like, all clear. Like, oh, gee, thanks. <laughs> like, yeah, you're you know, talking about Bogram, like, man. Bogram, uh, you've definitely seen a lot of mortars dropping. Uh, matter of fact, on my way out, on my last tour on my way out, uh, I was with one of my buddies, and um, I was actually headed back to the States. This is after about seven months in country on my second tour, you know, going back to Gordon to get the surgery. And, um, you know, we were in tents and stuff. And, you know, in Bogram, the mortars just steady drop. It's like every 20 minutes yep. the alarms are going off. Like they're just constantly yep. hitting because they know it's the base where – you know, the Air Force is there, and the, and, the, and the flights are there, and that's where we catch our flights. It's big, too. I think it's the biggest to, one. Yeah. Yeah, it is. They're trying to, they're trying to destroy the, you know, the flights and the choppers and all that stuff. But mm-hmm. we were in a tent, and uh, I only had, like, probably two days left, and um, there was another alarm going off. It's funny how you get kind of used to the alarms. It's kind of like, oh, wow, another motor's coming. <laughs> but yeah. this time, this was so close, man. It actually hit the chow hall. And there was like seven people that got injured and, and some other stuff oh. that happened. So, yeah, mortars ain't no joke, man. If they hit you, you you're done. <laughs> so, 
So mm-hmm. it does a lot of it does a lot of damage. So yeah, I guess yes, it does. Of stories to talk about mortars. Yeah, so mortars okay. can definitely and mess then, you up mentally. Yeah. And then it's the burn pits over there, like those those burn pits. They're always talking about like if you have breathing problems or whatever. If you were over there in country, certain amount of time, you know, you got to get registered for the burn pit. I mean, there's a lot of stuff. It's not just we go there and we do our job and come home. I mean, there's there's physical. Uh-huh limitations that happen you know and then um there's mental limitations that happen i mean every time i mean i've been deployed six times through through a 20-year career i've been deployed six times and every time you come home a little different every time that's right and i don't think it would ever get as bad like i guess if i was like you know in the army or marines or something like that like my experience probably would be a hundred percent i wasn't kicking in doors i wasn't you know, right. searching for landmines. Like we were just maintainers <laughs> on the flight line, loading bombs, sending jets in the air to, um, you know, to to drop bombs. But what I did at one point was do convoy because so in 2008, one of the reasons I was there was we were doing convoy duty because one of our jets took battle damage. So we actually have to go mm-hmm. out and get the airplane. Like if an airplane crashes or something oh, yeah, happens, yeah. we got to recover the airplane. So that's what we did. We went and recovered the airplane. We, we deployed it out. You know, they gave us weapons because we had our own armory and everything in our unit. We had our own armory. So we go out, we recover this airplane, and it's like you're getting attacked the entire time you're trying to get this <laughs> airplane. And it's like it's, it's, it, it almost is like irritating. Yeah. You're like, dude, I just need the airplane. Like, come on. Right. You know, I don't know. Well, yeah, that's one of the most dangerous they... jobs, man. You're going out to recover something that these guys want. You know, they want that jet because yeah. you know, for whatever reason, they build parts and and they use it for a bunch of reasons. So that's actually pretty dangerous. But what I was going to say to your comment, man, is that you know, I hear people say that a lot, and it's like, here's one of the deals. This is one of the things I help people with. Is like, look, everybody's experiences are different. But the simple fact is, your experience is your experience. I mean, you dealt with what you dealt with. Just because this person might have got blown up six times or this person got hit by mortars or this guy got shot or this guy, whatever, you know, each traumatic event is our own traumatic experience. And so we all deal with it differently. So in my eyes, whatever you've been through, whatever I've been through, whatever he's been through, either way, it's all been pretty bad because you had to deal with it in your own way and I had to deal with it in my own way. And so, yeah, you know, there's, there's I don't believe, I mean, there is certain people been through you know, things that we can just think about, but same time, we all have been through something and, and it's bad to us. It's, it, we dealt with it, how we could yep. deal with it. And so, yeah, that's just how I look at it. And I try to remember, remind people of that. Cause I've talked to veterans, man. They'll say, well, I've never been through what you've been through, man. I'm like, bro, whatever you've been through, that's your struggle, man. You can't compare your struggle to my struggle. You know, there's a reason mm-hmm. why you went through that. And so you just got to deal with what you've been through, and, and there's no shame in it. There's no shame in it. Don't look at the stigma. Don't look at people. You know, it doesn't make you a weak man. I can name hundreds of people right now, grown men, me, you, and a bunch of other guys that can come out and admit that we struggle with depression. We struggle with anxiety, but it doesn't make us less of a man. It makes us more of a man to be able to step up, admit that we have a problem, and now we're here to help another person out. And so mm-hmm. that's how I look at it. Yep. Love it, man. Love it. What a what I want to know, the theme of the show is about our transformation. 
And we go through a lot of transformations right. in life. We transform from a stupid 18-year-old to a man in the military to whatever we dealt with in the military, whatever we continue to deal with, to a family man, a businessman, you know, the speaker. What I want to know is your transformational moment. What was that moment in your life that changed you and put you on the path to what you're doing today? I'll be honest. It really goes all the way back to addiction. That was probably the moment when I realized that, that I was changing as a person. When I, when I decided that I needed to get clean because here I am already struggling with mental health. I'm struggling with depression and and anxiety and, you know, and all these, all these mental health issues that I already have on top of addiction, you know, it just made everything a hundred times worse. And uh, when I finally looked at my wife the third time and said, Hey, I am dead serious. I am ready for change. I want to, it's like something It's like, I don't know what, if you believe in God, I don't know what your spiritual beliefs are, but for me, I talked to God and I said, God, I need to change my life. I need to change my life and I need help doing it. And I just prayed about it, and it's like I wanted to give God my problems for like a week. I just I was just thinking about this because the week prior I had actually had a lot of suicidal thoughts, and a battle buddy of mine had called me on the phone like three times, and I kept hanging up on him because I didn't want to talk to him because I knew what he was going to say. But he called me, and we talked for a good hour, and he got me out of that mindset. And then for the week after that, all I kept thinking about was I need to change my life. I need to change my life. I need to change my life. And I finally just like something clicked. I got to do something. If I want to do something in my life, I've got to do it myself. I got to make this happen. Nobody's going to give me anything. And so I just told my wife, I was like, look, man, I'm ready to change. I'm ready to do this. I'm ready to check myself in somewhere and get it done. And then when I made it through that and I started realizing that, holy crap, you know, I'm doing this four days a week. I'm spending four hours a day intensive care. I'm, I'm doing this. I, I'm, it's like my whole life changed. Like all of a sudden I started creating t-shirts. I started making live videos. I started meeting good friends. I started surrounding myself around winners and people that, that wanted to be motivated and, and inspirational and do great things. And so my life just started slowly changing. And it's like something slapped me right in the face. And I realized, wow, we really do control our own life. <laughs> we really do control what happens to us. I mean, we can't control everything, but we can, we can control where we're headed to, you know, all the things I've ever done and everything I've ever been through, a lot of it was because I put myself in those situations. And, and I realize now that, man, I can change the outcome. I can change my destiny where I want to go and what I want to do. And so as I was getting clean, you know, three, four months in, I started thinking clear. I started realizing that I wanted to be better. I wanted a better life for my family. I deserved better. I started creating self-love. I started realizing I love myself and that I am good enough, and it just started transform, transferring over to somebody I've never known, somebody that I've always wanted to be, but I just didn't know how to be that person. And so as time went on, for me making videos and venting and talking about the things I was going through, that was like my self-care. That was helping myself learn about myself. And so as the couple of years started going by, it just I started transforming over, and I just realized, wow, you know, I got the answers to this thing, man. If you just it really starts within within us. You know, you got to want it. It's like me quitting cigarettes. Man, I've been eight days without a cigarette. And the reason why is because I wanted it. I wanted to quit. I really, really wanted to quit. So I made it happen. You know, I really wanted to help people. So I started doing it. 
And the, one of the biggest things I can say is that I realized that before I even was able to help other people, I had to learn to help myself first. And so I started just working on me, started working on myself, doing notes, watching motivational speakers, you know, listening to people like you and just watching people and, and, and just learning. And I just got motivated and, and I realized, wow, my life is changing just by me changing, by me being a better person and treating other people better and being good to people and surrounding myself around good people, my life is getting better. And so I think that was around the time my life started transforming is when I was getting clean off of, off of the opiates and stuff because I started thinking clear, and I realized I had a passion and I had a purpose again, and I wanted to do more. I think the first time I went live is when it really hit me. I went live. I told my story, and I had a bunch of people come on. Thing had like thousands of views. People were everywhere, and I was just like, holy smokes. People really, really care. People really want to change. People really want to hear this stuff. And so I just continued to go. And like I tell everybody, if it wasn't for my followers and wasn't for the people that support me and, and, and tell me daily to keep going, Sean, keep going, do it. You're making changes. I wouldn't be here right now, man. It's like these guys are the people that helped me change. And so they gave me purpose and passion again. And I think that was the moment I made that live video and I realized I was making a difference. And then the messages started coming in. Thank you, Sean. Thank you, Sean. Thank you, Sean. Thank you, Sean. And I was like, wow, this is it. This is, this is what I'm meant for. And this is what I'm going to continue to do. I don't care who I offend. I don't care who don't like it. I'm just, this is what I'm going to do. And I think that was the moment I, I started transferring over. Man, there's so much in there and thank you so much for being vulnerable and sharing that. <laughs> Like, man, I could touch I, on I so many go, different points. I'll going, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. What, what I really want to say is don't be afraid to piss people off, to rub people the wrong way. Be authentic. Now, there's a big difference between making people mad because most of the time it's not about us. You might say something that makes somebody mad that has nothing to do with you. It's just that they have an issue with something that they're dealing with or whatever. You know, I mean, you could say, oh, that TV show sucks. And they're like, what? That's my favorite TV show. How dare you suck? And they get super mad about that. (laughs) Something innocent. Or it could be something like I was in a restaurant one time and you get up to pay. It's like, you know, like Denny's or whatever. I hop, you get up to pay the counter, you know, whatever. And I say, hey, man, do you, uh, do you have a military discount or a military program? And the lady next to me, she's like, really? Like, you guys always ask for that. And I looked, and I was like, well, yeah, I serve my country, and I, like, serve the people, and I put my life right. on the line every time I go out to the field, every time I deploy. She's like, yeah, but you chose to do that. And I'm like, absolutely I did. She goes, well, exactly. you shouldn't so, feel entitled. So... <laughs> yeah, she goes, oh, you shouldn't God. feel entitled. You chose to do that. I said, you're absolutely right. I chose to do that. And if there's a kickback every once in a while, 10% off my meal, you know, if it's a $50 you know bill and I take $5, <laughs> Man, it's like it's like I'm not like I'll take that like I'll you know I'll take a kickback right. you know what I mean we're we're great but it's we're not like I'm <laughs> exactly but I'm not sitting there like oh my gosh IHOP why don't you have a robust veterans program don't you know who I am very big difference very That's I'm not entitled that is entitlement right. yes right how do you not have a how do you not support veterans now now 
in military towns, let's say you're in North Carolina and you've got five military bases and let's say you're in Fayetteville, you're in Goldsboro, you're in Jacksonville, you're in, you know, um, anywhere, you know, wherever there's a base. Right. And you're like, wait, you don't have a military program like like you're in a military town. <laughs> like sometimes it's right. like that, like in Texas, in Texas, like everybody does like the military tempers, you know, whatever. But some places are like, no, like this is a military. Well, town. I mean, honestly, a- it, it may only be 10%, but if you think about it, if you're in a military town and you got, you know, 50,000 soldiers or air force men or whatever, dude, that's a lot of discount <laughs> for that. For that uh, that is a lot. And I was going to say that too. Yeah. And I was going to say that sometimes, you know, you're in a military town like we hear, like, like here in North Carolina and, it's like, holy smokes, you know, you've got, you know, Fort Bragg, you know, in Fayetteville, oh. that's like super massive. Can you imagine giving all those guys like outside the gate, like nah, discounts or whatever? Make it, exactly. But it's it just, it, it irks me sometimes because I'm sitting there with my family and I have a lady that just like, really, like you're, you should get a discount. Why should you get a discount? And I'm just like, man. If you only knew, we can't. Keep you know, that, what I'm, like that, that's terrible, man. Only knew. If you only knew, it's easy and the for things us to get that mad I do, man, I get angry. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> yeah. that, that that makes me angry when I see people do that to other veterans or stuff like that. When they when they make you feel like you're stupid for asking for or even you know bringing it up. <clears throat> sometimes I sometimes I won't even do it. Sometimes I'll just because I have my yeah. my ID card. Like I'll open my wallet and I'll lay my ID card in plain view, and they've seen enough military IDs, and it, and it says like U.S. Air Force, whatever. I'll just lay my ID card open in the wallet, like just lay it on the counter, and then grab my grab my card, and she'll look down at my wallet and go, "Oh, you're a military. Let me take care of that for you." I'm like, "Oh, thank you so much." Like it got to the <laughs> point, and think about, think about that for a second, mindset wise. How okay. bad is that that I'm so afraid to ask if they do anything for military? Do you have a military program? That's do you terrible. A, do you offer a military, right? I have to lay my ID card down on the counter in fear of that someone might say, wow, look at him trying to get a discount. Or maybe you feel – have you ever felt maybe a little embarrassed because you feel like you have to ask for that discount? Yeah. Yeah. It's like That's- it's terrible, man. That mindset, yep. having yep. that mindset in this country, it's terrible. Yep. It's terrible. We shouldn't yep. have that. We shouldn't have that at all. I had a guy ask me one time, why do you have veteran tags? Well, because I'm a veteran. Okay, but why do you have to display it? Well, I'm going to answer that question for you. So the next person to ask me about my ID, the next person to ask me about my tag, or ask you about your tag, so I want you to tell them. Because I am proud of what I've done. I am proud that I have served my country. I am proud of what I've done. And so – that's why I display it. Anything anybody's proud of, it's okay to display it. Just like they're walking around with their Clemson shirt, they're walking around with their Gamecock shirt, they're walking around with whatever. Yep. Why? Because you're proud, right? You went to that college, or you got family in that college, or or what's the reason yep. you what's the reason you represent what you're doing? Oh, because da 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 da. Okay. Well, guess what? Me and my guys, we served in the military. He's Air Force. I'm Army. He wears an Air Force shirt because he served in the Air Force. I wear an Army shirt because I served in the Army. That's why, mm. <laughs> you know. Yep, there it is. Yeah. 
But it's pride, yeah, man. man. That's what I look at. It's, n- it's nothing wrong with being proud. Nothing wrong with being proud of what you've done. Yep, absolutely. And the guys that I've met that give you the most crap, like, I mean, I have, and it's so sad, man. We're in some of the veteran groups. I've left a lot of veteran groups, like Facebook groups, because of that entitlement mentality. Or some guy goes, well, I was a Marine recon, or I was Army Ranger. You're nothing, you know. Or they, or they try to, like, well, I kill 12 people while you only kill 10 you know oh my like god they still are in that competition mindset and i've said this a long yep. time ago 10 years ago when things were changing and we were intermingling air force army they were intermingling some uh tactical movements and and convoy duties and they were just kind of like co-mingling things i'm like oh man here we go I just I knew where it was going to go. It was like my branch is better than your branch, or my job is better than your job. And every every branch has it. You know, as a maintainer, yeah. if you're not a oh, maintainer, yeah. you're a noner. So maintainers and aircraft, like that's the Air Force. For Army, it's infantry. If you're not an infantry, then you're a pogue. You know, in the oh, Marine Corps, the same right. thing. If you're if you're not an infantry, you're a pogue. Basically, if you don't perform the mission. The Marines is theirs. The Army's theirs. Air Forces are. If you don't perform the mission, you are a noner. You're a pogue. Oh, yeah. Other than a grunt. Or there's another derogatory term I, I'm not going to say. Uh, but or the if, term, uh, what, what was the term? I'm sure you've been called, uh, um, well, no, I doubt it because you've been outside the wire. But what's it called when they used to, uh, a fobbit? You ever heard of a fobbit? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. A fob. Yep. It's an old term, but they used to call it like, well, we used to call it because we'd be out you know, a fob, a forward operating base. Yep, and if somebody yep. was back, some, somebody in the rear with the gear, they would say, oh, you're a fob, you don't leave, you know. One thing we could tell our, yep. one thing for our listeners that aren't military, you know, we do talk trash. I mean, that's just part of what we do. Our sense of humor is way different than anybody else. You can always tell a military guy, Air Force, Navy, whatever, we all got that same sense of humor. We all, we, we joke with each other, you know, Air Force is going to be on a treadmill for their PT, or, you know, Army's going to, you know, Marines eat crayons, and, you know, we, we do that. But then you have those guys that take it to the level to where, like you said, man, they, they're really in that competition mindset, and they think, oh, well, we're better than you, and, and they carry it to a level where, where you do get kind of comfortable because it's like, man – Right. It's just like, dude, I mean, are you serious right now? I mean, okay, you were infantry. I'm a combat engineer, okay? We're inf- we, we're considered to infantry, infantry with brains. I mean, you know, yep. we do what you guys do, but a little bit extra. You know, I could get all serious like that, but I don't. And, you know, we, we joke around, but there are people yeah. that, that are like that. They take, they take it so serious, and it's like, man. There's a, <laughs> have there's pride, a funny don't, meme. Don't everybody. Right. There's a funny meme out there that I have saved on my phone, but it has a bunch of guys clowning around and drinking like a picture of like a bunch of guys. Like I think they're like college frat guys or like whatever, you know, and it says when military brothers make fun of each other. And then the bottom picture has, has all of the gangsters from Goodfellas, like all in suits and like all like staring at you. And it says when civilians make fun of the military, (laughs) when we make fun of each other (laughs) yeah there's like it's like we make like we make fun of like you know like you know our friend james mcneil or like robert garcia some of the other guys you know we'll make fun of each other like oh look at you you know and we're like making fun of each other but we understand that this is what we do right 
when the civilians are like, well, I heard that the Air Force is like, shut up, dude. Shut up. Why are you talking to me right now? Like, <laughs> no. It's you even worse than the military, right? Zone. Yeah, right. It's like, your, it's like you weren't there, you don't know. And most of I mean, it, I've seen so I'll much trash talking yeah. come from our own guys. Hundred percent. I'll tell you what, though, most of the trash talk comes from personal experience. You know, it's like you, when you make fun of an army guy, they're like, you know, let's say you say something about a convoy or something, like, yeah, get your diapers and wipes ready, boys. Get your diapers and wipes. Little crybabies. <laughs> We're not yeah, saying right. that they're crybabies. It's the fact that because you're on a convoy for twelve to eighteen hours, you can't just stop and go to the bathroom. Where are you going to go? Mm-hmm. So you have diapers. Yeah, a certain you know, term, so I would say that we're on live. <laughs> it's a certain bath. Like, we call it a right? H-O bath. <laughs> yep. yep. Yeah, man, you can't shower, so you, you have a – oh, my gosh. Yeah, I made my wife cringe one day. We were, we were on a road trip. I'm not, even, I'm not even joking. We were on a road trip in the middle of summer, and we were going from North Carolina to, to Utah. We were driving, like, July 4th weekend. We were going to go do some things. And we and we I remember that stopped over and was messing around and it was super hot. It was like super hot. And so I went into the baby's bag. We have a two year old. Um, at the time she was you know, a baby. We uh, I got out the wipes and I started going down the back, going down the neck, lifting up my shirt. You know, she's like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "I'm taking a home bath." <laughs> she's like, there "You're you so disgusting." <laughs> I was like, "What?" Trust me, it feels amazing. I get up the powder. I do yes, my, like does. I'm literally like. I got my gear, you know. She's like, "This is so gross," and she's watching what I'm doing. I'm like, "Hey, man, welcome to welcome to, to duty." You know, you either get with it or get out. Let's do it. <laughs> she's like, That's right. This is hey, you know she about that so baby powder, man? We've been spending so much baby powder. I couldn't even tell you. <laughs> right. So, so as we move into veteran life, man, you know, we one statistic that's hardly mentioned. Is that a guy who has done years in the military, they call, you know, like retirees. So it could be 20 years, could be medical mm-hmm. retirement, but retirees, let's call it 20 years. You've done 10 Life, or 20 years. Lifers, stuff like that. Lifers. There's, there's, a, there's a statistic that says that their average life expectancy is five years after military service. Five oh, years. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Five years. Yeah, we talk about it all the time because I'm a suicide awareness trainer and a master resilience trainer for different military branches. I was trained in the Army and in the Air Force for the MRT, the Master Resilience Trainer Program. And during our training, you know, we go through statistics, you know, 22 22 a day. Uh, I think last year, I think last year was one of our deadliest years. But in the past, it's been 19 to 21, but now it's crept back up to like 22, 23. And then you add in first responder, because if you think about it, the first responders, the firemen and police are usually veterans or guard right. reserve. I know plenty of people who are security now, forces on the weekends and not during the week. When you say the five years life expectancy, are you talking about just natural death, or are you talking about because of suicide? Because of suicide. Okay, I got you now. Yeah, I, I understand that now. Okay, I thought we. Were, okay, yeah, I can see that. Yep. Definitely see that. Yeah. I, yeah. One hundred. <laughs> and that's sad. Yeah. You know, it's sad that it's the truth, but yeah. And it's crazy, man. Yeah. Like a guy who's done four years, he gets in and out. He does his thing. 
you know, he's not really, you know, corrupted or whatever you want to call it. You know, he's not really like shattered, but you got guys like us, man, we go nine, 10, 12, 20 years, you know, and this is all you've done since you, since you were 18, this is all you've done. And now you're almost 40 years old at the time of 20 years. You know, most of the guys are like, I'm never getting a job. I had a friend of mine. I'm never getting a job. I'm so sick of the military. I'm never doing that. Six months in, he calls me, dude, I'm losing it. I'm losing it, man. I don't know what to do. I'm I'm losing it. I'm like, what? I thought you said you'd be okay. Dude, I don't know how much (laughs) longer I can go, man. I I can't do this. I, 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 I need to do something. And one of the things that you talked about earlier about your addiction that I really wanted to, wanted to cover just right quick. I don't, and I, I love disputing science, and I don't really care what science says because to me it makes a lot of sense. You know, the chemical addictions to drugs and alcohol and things like that. So I battled with alcohol. All I did yeah. was trade one addiction for another. I traded my alcohol yeah. addiction for business building. spoke at a USO event where a Marine walked up to me and said, man, your story was amazing. I cannot believe you were a suicide survivor and you tried to take your life. I said, yeah, man. It's true. Here's my book. Read my book. Gave him a book. And he goes, I said that if nothing changed here today, I was going to take my life. And he came there to find something. And he said if he didn't find what he was looking for, he was going to go home and kill himself. And so we sat there. We hugged it out. And I said, man, whatever you're dealing with, please give me a call. And he's fine. I mean, he's not fine, fine, but I mean, he's fine, right? So now this is like three years later. It's back in 2017. Three years later, you know, he's on my Facebook. I see him post stuff. He's starting to write his story. He's starting to do things on his own terms. You know, he's got a young kid and he's, I mean, he's living life, but it's just, you have that effect on people. Everybody has the opportunity to have that effect on people. Everybody does. It's just some choose yep. not to. Some get so far down in the depths that it's so crazy. I want to, I want to tell you a quick story and then I want to go to uh, an event that you're hosting and then get your comments okay. on this. When I speak at veteran events and, and multi-military events, I tell, them, I tell them just a common story. I said, I said, a soldier falls into a hole and doesn't know how he got there. And he screams for help. And he's in the hole and doesn't know how to get out. A psychiatrist and a therapist are walking side by side together and hear his screams and come to his aid. They ask how he got into the hole. And as he tells his story, they take notes. And at the end, they say, okay. That's our hour. We'll see you next week. And never gets them out of the hole. Later on, a senior leader is walking by, and the senior leader looks down and says, how the hell did you get in there? He says, I don't know. I just, I, I'm in this hole, and I don't know how to get out. And he says, man, you got to dig deep. you got to dig deep, man. Dig deep and get out. And so he digs deeper, and the hole gets deeper and deeper and deeper because that's what he's told to do. He's told to follow orders and dig deep. So he does, and now he's deeper in the hole. A young soldier's walking by and hears his cries for help and looks down into the hole, doesn't say a word, and jumps in. The soldier in the hole says, oh, my God, what are you doing? Why are you in this hole with me, man? You're, I can't get out. How are you going to get out? He's like, it's fine. I've already been in this hole, and I know how to get out. That's what we need. Oh, oh, oh. oh I love that, man. Oh, I love that. That's what we need. Yeah, was, we need people I was to jump ready into to the say hole. Before you finish it, I was going to say, you know, him jumping in the hole. But before you said that, I was thinking in my mind, you know, the soldier walking by, what he's going to do is reach down and put his hand down there and pull you out, like, or get some other guys to help him get down in there and pull him out. But the point you're getting at is, you know, 
teamwork, man. Teamwork. We work together. You know, we're going to help each other get out of that hole. We're not going to dig that hole deeper. We're not going to keep you on the clock in every hour. We'll talk to you next week. Mm-hmm. We're going to get in that hole with you because we've already been there, and we're going to get you out. That's like when Tony Robbins, everybody's favorite quote, you know, turn your mess into your message. And that's exactly what I yep. started doing, you know. Everything I've been through, yep. everything that I struggled with, I realized something. Somebody out there has been through what I've been through. And so now that I've figured out how to crawl out of that hole, I can show somebody else how to do that. And that's what Veteran Mindset 2.0 is about, is getting people out of that hole and, and changing their mind. So, man, I love that. There you so, go, man. There you go, brother. That. So you have an event coming up here in September, man. Uh, talk a little bit about that. Okay. Um, well, this will be our second annual 22K for 22. Um, back in 2019, yeah, last year was our very first one I've ever done. I've never hosted any kind of events before, but I, I, you know, one of my quotes that I came up with is just don't talk about it, be about it. And, and that was sort of like, you know, what we, what me and you both do, you know, we get online, we talk, we, we try to inspire people and transform lives, but we don't just talk about it. We really try to do it. And so I was like, you know, let's try to create some kind of event. Let's just raise awareness. Let's, let's, let's just do something great in my city. And so I came up with this uh, 22K for 22, and uh, that's, that's going to happen this uh, September the 19th. You're obviously going to be there. It's going to be amazing to, to have you out there, and, and uh, that's just what it's about, man. We get a lot of veterans, patriots, and people come together, and, we, and we're, we're going we're gonna to walk. We're going to ruck. Uh, it's not a race. You don't have to run. You don't have to carry any weight limits like a lot of these events that they do. I want to make it for everybody. And so just come on out and, and wear what you want to wear, carry what you want to carry, and take your time. And, and we're going to walk about 14.2 miles, which is 22 kilometers, and we're just going to raise awareness for veteran suicide and addiction. And, and so when people stop and ask us, hey, what are you walking for? What are you guys doing? You know, we can tell them, hey, you know, we're losing 22-plus veterans a day to suicide from mental health, from addiction, from whatever, and we want to raise awareness to, to, to help veterans, you know, realize they're not alone. And so, yeah, man, September the 19th, 22K for 22, second annual. Um, I'm really excited about this one. We've been struggling because of the COVID thing. We've had to stop it at one time and postpone it again. So, But we're going to go for it. We're going to go and do it, and um, I'm just really excited about it and really excited about having you coming out. I'm pumped, man. Yeah, I'm super pumped to be there. Happy to, you know, take part and and help you raise awareness, man. Super excited. For those listening, uh, what's a great website for them to go and check out that event that's happening September 19th? Okay, um, two ways they can do it. Number one, I would ask them to find me on Facebook, Sean the Veteran Guy. Um, like and follow and all that, so that way you can get my, you know, any of my content that I do put out there or any future events. And on there, you'll find, just click on events, and you can go to uh, 22K. You'll see the event. You can go there, and then you'll find a link. But the link to register would be uh, eventbrite.com. So instead of typing in eventbrite.com, just go to Sean the Veteran Guy, click events, click the link, and you can register. Um, We're asking for donations, but we're not asking for an amount. Basically, you can donate $1. You can donate $25 whatever um but another thing i want to say is every dollar that we have gotten this year we are going to be donating it to my really good friend michelle ladd um she's with this organization called the national veterans resource 
And so she drives a huge RV that's wrapped around with the American flag and amazing patriots and, and, and soldiers. Um, and so she's an amazing lady. She, she travels across the whole country. And so she'll be down at my event. It's the third time I'll meet her. She's coming to my event with the RV. So we're going to donate to their organization. You'll have a chance to meet her. She's amazing. And so, yeah, so either go to eventbrite.com, type in 22K, or go to Sean the Veteran Guy, click on events, and hit eventbrite.com, and you can donate whatever and um, register for the event. And I'm asking everybody to please show up at least by 08 o'clock. 08, that way you can at least come in, sign up, and then, you know, hang out or whatever if you guys want to. Yeah. We do have to. Do people? Unfortunately, we have, yeah. We have the social do people walk the thing full that's going 14? on, but we can do that. There yeah. is do one, people walk the uh, whole one of, Yeah. Yeah, walk the whole thing. If you don't want to, I have it set up where it's two laps. So basically, if you break down and you can't go anymore, that's okay because you, you can just do one lap. Um, if you think you can push two laps, you can do two laps. If you end up falling or getting hurt, we're going to have medics out there. We're going to have a way to get you back. You're safe. We'll have water stations. You're going to be good. Um, so, yeah, many of us finish it. I finished like eighth last year. It was pretty good. We've had guys that came in very last, and we were out there waiting on them. So we've had guys run it. We've had guys, you know, the mayor oh, wow. last year of uh, Darlington, he came out last year, and uh, Daniel Watson came out last year, who was a police chief. They came out last year, and they ran the whole thing. <laughs> they ran it oh, like, in, I don't know, smart. 10 minutes or something. It was insane, yeah. 14 I'm not running miles. it. I, I am yeah, not man, running 14 miles. And, yeah, so, you know, it, it depends like on how good you mile. are. I will say this for my Marines and Air Force and all you guys, man. Um, we are going to wear some silkies. We're going to wear some short shorts and, and some – you know, flaggy stuff and, and patriotic stuff. So, you know, if you guys are veterans and you want to come out, you know, rock your flags, man. Come out and do and just okay. show some pride. It's going to be fun. It's going to be real fun. Heck yeah, man. I'm super pumped. I'm super excited. Uh, I was just kind of thinking like, man, how long would it really take me to walk, you know, 14 miles? And I thought about, you know, do I want to run the whole thing or do I want to do like, you know, just, just maybe walk four miles run like four miles and then walk another, you know, something like that. Like just kind of like mix it up. Yeah. Um, it just reminds me of the, have you ever done the death march? I have not done that. I've heard about it. I just haven't had a chance to do it yet. Uh, yeah, I, I, I made it, uh, I think eight miles, something like that. I think I did. (laughs) Yeah, something like that. I think I did like eight miles of the Baton Death March, and I was I was done. I was toast. It was so hot. It was it was just it wasn't. Oh man, it was. I just wasn't. There's I don't know if I did train for came up, uh, A couple weeks ago, there was an event, or there's an event coming up in Fayetteville. I was invited by one of my buddies um, to go to his uh, his uh, ruck. I think it's some kind of you know thing and i'm like dude i'm not ready for that i've definitely got to train for that but you know right <laughs> hopefully eventually Crazy, man, man. i'm getting myself right my mindset's right everything's going pretty good now i just got to work on my health and, and and i think i'm getting there too so yeah man definitely going to be yeah, uh, testing your endurance so it's fun it's fun just that's why i encourage everybody just come out and have fun and know you're out there for a reason yeah. you know you, 
you know, just have fun with it. You know, if you can't make it, you can't make it, but at least try. That's what I tell people. Just try. Yeah, you can you can walk a mile with us or two miles. You can jump in somewhere, oh, you know, because yeah. you got you got the, you got the route. So if you want to jump in at a certain right. area, you know, totally fine. So, all right, man. So we got to close the show, and uh, here we are. Man, we go all day. Sean, the veteran, <laughs> I know, right? Sean, I just looked at clock, man. Hour and a half. Sean, the veteran guy. Dot net. Go check him out. Go to facebook.com forward slash life purpose specialist. I want to ask you one last question, man. We always close with a quote or a message or something for the listeners. So what would be your message today? If they don't listen to anything we've talked about in the last hour and a half, what would be your message right now? Our message right now is if somebody's listening to this, and, and you're going through a hard time, you're going through a struggle, if you feel like there's, you just, you want to give up, do not give up. Listen to my story. Listen to Sean's story. You know, there's so many of us out here that have been right where you're at. Think about the story that, that Sean just said. You know, if you're in that hole, find, find people that's been where you're at. And that's the best advice I can give you is to start surrounding yourself around winners. Start surrounding yourself around people that that care about you and have been through what you've been through and then are different now that have changed. Because if you're in that hole surrounded by people that are stuck in that same hole with you, you guys are all going to be stuck together, and you're not going to have any motivation or any inspiration. So what I would say is start finding people that, that are motivated to get out of that situation, get out of that hole, and, and you'll see that your life will start opening up, man. Your whole life will change when you start surrounding yourself around motivation and people that care and people that want to make a difference. Your whole, your whole mentality will start changing because you're around other people that are thinking like you are. So don't give up. Keep going. Keep pushing. Never take your own life. And um, I just believe in you now. you got to believe in yourself. And, and, and my best quote uh, I've said the whole time is don't talk about it. Just be about it. Don't just talk about it, be about it, which means you can talk about something, but if you got the passion, talking only goes so far. Really put in action, really put in the work to make something happen. You can say you want to change, but if you don't put in that work, it's never going to happen. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, man. Man, this has been an amazing episode. I knew it would be. Uh, you know, it is September 11th. Hashtag never forget. Right. And, uh, sure. you know, I just want I just want to shout out to all the veterans out there, all the people that listen to the show, support your veterans. Uh, if you know somebody, even if they're not a veteran and they're struggling with depression, anxiety, stress, get them to the help. Call the suicide hotline. September is Suicide Awareness Month. And, you know, we got to stay vigilant. We have to look out for those around us. Teamwork, brotherhood, sure. sisterhood, sure. family. This is what it's. It's all about, and life is better spent together. And that's one of your quotes, man. Together is better. So that's right. I just appreciate you <laughs> so much, man. Quick, I appreciate. Yeah, man. I gotta throw this in there real quick. One thing I want to say to the veterans as well: proud. Be proud that you're a veteran. You might sit back right now, struggling, saying, "You know what? My life is in the toilet. My life's not going here, going there. Nothing's good. Nothing's happening." Think about that one thing. If that's all you have, is that you are a veteran. You should be proud of that. And you got other veterans out here that have your back. You are part of a brotherhood and a sisterhood. Don't forget that. You are part of the family. There you go. Love it, man. Thank you so much, and I look forward to the event. And for the listeners right now, you can check out Sean, S-H-A-W-N, SeanTheVeteranGuy.net. Go check him out. Go check out his website. Send him some friend requests on your favorite platform. 
letting them know that you listened to this episode of Life Transformation Radio. As I close the show, I always say, live your brand. Find opportunities every day to live out the core values that you hold deep in your heart. And I call this living your brand. So until next episode, live a great life.